Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. You feel good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching and being a part of today's conversation. Today on the show, we have a very special guest, Salah Bashir. I'm very excited. He's an author, an entrepreneur, and has a book out, First to Leave the Party. This is such a fascinating book. I feel like talking to the people that I talk to regularly and having special conversations is one thing. I felt pretty good about myself until I, I read your book. And then I was like, man, this person has had some really good conversations. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Well, again, this book is interesting. It's it's a fly-on-the-wall conversation where you share stories about some of the biggest named celebrities that exist that you've spent time with and had conversations with. My first question is, some of these people are, I mean, Marlon Brando, Doris Day, Elizabeth Taylor, Catherine Hepburn, Sean Connery. I want to talk about some of those. But when you're putting a book together like this, where do you start? Because there's just so many amazing stories for you to tell. You know what? It's where do you stop? That was the problem in the sense that we had to end at some point when we had about 300 pages. And we, uh, I mean, it was people that... Uh, I had encounters with that have been dismissed or forgotten and the great things they did with their celebrities. Like you mentioned Doris Day and being one of the first people to hug an AIDS person, Rock Hudson, and kiss him in 1985 when Reagan hadn't even mentioned AIDS. And when he uh, died in uh, October 2nd, day before my birthday, she went on the Christian Broadcast Network of all places on her animal show and said, you know, Rock Hudson's in heaven. It's huge. It's it's amazing. And I think a lot of people forget these things and forget what you do with your celebrity. And I wanted to pick people who had done great things with their celebrity and who they were. And certain chapters could have had a lot more, like Eartha Kitt or Aretha Franklin. But just we wrote them as anecdotes at the beginning. By the time we got to um, the book, we had to stop at some point. Yes, I find that interesting. That's a great way to put it, what you do as celebrity, because there are certain people you probably could have spoken about, but you chose to go in this a different way and talk about people who did something meaningful with the platform that they had. And I think that's very remarkable. Yeah, and then people we have dismissed and forgotten about because of their weight or because they had health issues or different things. You know, we just look at Elizabeth Taylor as someone who just had affairs and forget all the amazing things she did. Uh, dismiss woman as, you know, just a, a 
a pretty kind of the slut of all time. What she has done with her AIDS foundation, I mean, she had a keen, keen eye for art. Her father had an art gallery that uh, had Garbo as a um, a client and, um, and for jewelry. If she knew if she wore a piece and it was auctioned later on, it would be like a hundred times the price. Yeah. I, again, I this is such a beautiful book, and I hope people who are watching, uh, watching and listening take the time to read it because I feel like just these stories are great. I want to talk about Sean Connery. I found that one so fascinating because you're laughing, <laughs> but it's true. And you're probably not surprised because he has probably been known as one of the most interesting, fascinating, but most elusive celebrities. He had a film that came out in the early 2000s. And then he just stopped and he people were wondering and wanting to know. And obviously he had retired experiencing health issues, but such an iconic career as an actor. Why Sean? Because why well, I know why, because I've read the book, but for those who haven't, what was it about Sean that you chose to write about him? Because I'm just I'm just self-indulgent here, wanting to know what that experience was like. Because he wasn't a very public person at all. Um, other than what we might have seen in film. You know, in the old days, we'd have junkets that they take you around to different films and to mm -hmm. promote certain films and choose which films you wanted to promote or not promote. And I was in a joking, fun mood. You know, just like all of us in the business, I have a story to get, they have a story to tell. But whether we choose, we want to write the story or not. And it was on a, a film that I didn't really want to promote uh, very much because it's considered a British spy and different things that I didn't agree with, but I've always had a huge crush on his hairy chest and him. And so <laughs> I love it. And I was bold enough to say, to mention that, and he was sweet enough to, you know, indulge me. And uh, it's, it's a little, we pepper the book with little anecdotes like that in the sense there's a, a signed picture of um, uh, him, Sean Connery, here with his bare-chested hair. Being a bear type myself and married to a guy who's attracted to bears, it was like that. That's a lot of fun. I love it. You said that when celebrities, I do junkets too. Well, I have it much lately because of everything going on. So yeah. that's all coming to an end, it seems, at least for the writers. The actors are close behind. I digress, but your publicist who's listening, we work together all the time on press. So I, as a sidebar, I love it when celebrities are kind enough to indulge a little bit. I make jokes with some that I've been fans with for years, but that's so sweet that he was willing to do that for you and give you that special moment. You talk about so many people. Again, I mentioned Marlon Brando, Doris Day, Elizabeth Taylor, talking about things that they might not normally talk about or, as you mentioned, those that may be forgotten for other reasons or known for what the media or press, uh, for for better or for worse, wants us to, to know about them. Do you have a favorite? It, I know it's probably like asking if you have a favorite child or a favorite car, but is there one to you that holds the closest place in your heart as a creator? There are there are several. I mean, as I said, some of them could have been a whole book on their own. Um, you know, um, Ella Fitzgerald, incredible. I mean, looking at it back now, without 
you know, having Wikipedia or having Google and just thinking, you know, that kind of relationship, that closeness. And here's the first lady of song as she's not. I mean, there's Mary Tyler Moore shooting up with shooting up in, in <laughs> insulin. I should just both being diabetics and Brando. I mean, of course, Brando is, was like incredibly open and generous. Um, there aren't, there aren't, and honestly, I, I, if I was to choose, I couldn't really choose one or it'd be like 10 or something. Yeah. We only, we only covered the people that, you know, that meant something in a sense. And then a couple people that I dish in there, but not too much. Yes. I would imagine when you are like attempting to write a book like this, it, it could be very self-indulgent in some ways, especially maybe if I don't want to use the term like negative experience, but maybe just not what you expected or perhaps maybe was, you know, they say that there's that saying, don't meet your hero, <laughs> so to speak. But I feel like this book, all of these people are just have had some impact on your life. You've you've been a part of this industry and various other arms for a large part of your life. I'm interested to know, growing up, were you somebody that was fascinated with celebrity? Did you have an attraction to that? Where did that bug start for you? Because uh, I'm very curious. I've never had uh, like a... I never found or worshipped celebrity. They were doing their job. I was doing my job. I loved film. I was able to escape into film and, you know, being young and seeing cabaret and seeing, you know, so gay in every way. And, you know, even Bob Fosse admitting um, that he had, you know, gay fantasies and um, all seeing that at 17 and uh, meant, you know, changed a lot. So film I got lost in. Okay. And even exploring the Omar, Omar Sharif story and knowing that Lawrence of Arabia, that the, you know, David Lean thought it was actually a great gay picture in his mind. So if you look back at it, but that, that was for me, you can escape and go away and be somewhere else. And um, celebrity, I really, to be honest with you, only wanted celebrity to see what charity I can get them involved in. Or, okay. Or it's a lot of work hanging out with other celebrities that aren't in the book. <laughs> I, that's a very honest and candid answer. I It is a lot of work. I do appreciate your honesty in that. It can be a lot of work. People yeah. who don't do this and are watching, like, say, from the outside in, see sort of a romanticized version of it. But really, it can be a lot of cross to bear in a good way. Now, you mentioned foundations and you're a philanthropist. You do a lot of different things, philanthropist. Uh, you get involved in these charities and things. When you choose a charity, some of these that you've done for the LGBTQ plus community and Toronto Pride and all of that, because you are so busy, how do you parse out your time? Um, most people think not well because I do, but you know, I rely on a lot of friends and people that I've worked with for over 45 years still. Like one of our biggest event planners who can, she can get it done in quicker than anyone else is going to be 80 in a month. Um, and she's <laughs> been around. But honestly, she's just still, 
you know, wants to be involved, wants to do stuff. She was involved with the fashion industry early on from AIDS from 1985 here with Mac Cosmetics and we did Fashion Cares and um, uh, 1987, to be honest, sorry. But um, so people do want to, you surround yourself with great people who can help you and know what you want and relationships. It's all about relationships. I love that. Would you say those things that you mentioned are what has attributed to what I consider visible success that you've had, not necessarily monetarily, all that, that could be a part of it, but being kind and and making relationships and not burning bridges, would that be a fair assessment? I think that's what the whole book is about. It's people yeah. who empowered me, who helped me out, who, you know, uh, when I was down, who told me, you know, Gregory Peck telling me, I think you're pretty handsome yourself, fellow, or kind of thing. And it is relationships, maintaining those and um, relying on them because people were there for me throughout my life. Um, I, I So definitely maintaining those relationships and, Telling people in any fundraiser where your money is going to go is very important. Like, if you give money, but you should tell them where it goes. It's not all going on. Like, you may raise a million dollars, but it didn't go to put on an event. So that's also important in doing fundraising. I love it. Well, if there was one overarching theme or an idea or two that you want people to get from the book outside of the things that we've mentioned, what would that be? Is there something that you want people to take away from when they have the opportunity to read it? I think if you're a young immigrant queer kid, you know, there is always, it's always been a battle. It'll be a battle. It does get better. Sounds good, but reach out for allies, always reach out for people who can help, you know, as broad as possible. And, um, be visible, be yourself. Don't uh, don't ever change because someone told you to change. Yes. Well, one last question. Of course, I think it's important to note that you are a native of Lebanon. You live in Toronto. You have created this life for yourself. What do friends and family think? Have they been able to see this success that you've experienced? Did your parents have the opportunity to see how successful you've been and what has that been like on a personal level? I've been active in Toronto and Canada and the U.S. and the Middle East in different queer issues and different with immigration and healthcare. And my parents, when I, I came out to my parents relatively early, I had a great experience. My The only thing my mom said to me is, I want you to have a child who would be half as nice to you as you have been to us. And so the impact has been seen in uh, all, all over the world. And I think I'm happy that I can help and make a change. There's a lot of people have done, but yeah, I'm very happy with how things have turned out so far. Yes. Well, this is a fantastic book. First to leave the party. It is great. I hope people get a chance to read it. I've enjoyed this book. I've read it. And these stories are fantastic. And as a, as a, a content creator and someone who hopes to do the things that you've done someday. You've inspired me. So I want you to know that it's well, just, very much. it's very true. Yes. I mean, I've only been at this for a few years and I, and you I have feel a child, you have a child as well, right? I have a nine-year-old son. Yes. Um, a 24 year old daughter. So that's uh, so I've been her stepfather for 17 years. 
Yeah. And I, my nine-year-old is slowly becoming interested in this. And I do this for many reasons, but I've always said not to make it about me, but to leave him some sort of legacy someday when he's older, God forbid that I'm not around, that he can go back and watch and listen to this and know that his dad did something cool because this is very cool. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun for sure. And I'm sure you experienced the same things at some point. And that's, I think as a parent, you want your kids to be happy and to be successful, but leave a legacy. And I feel like with this book, although your child is older, that that legacy still is there and there's something to look back on. Yeah, I have, I'm godfather to 15 kids and tons of nieces and nephews. So it's not, I think I wanted to leave this out there for a lot of people. But thank well, you very much. This is wonderful. Very true. Well, uh, Salah, thank you for your time. And thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. We'll put links available to connect. I appreciate your time. It's been an honor chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.